I don't know. That's so weird. Um, I haven't had the whole, like, weird, like, uh, what's it called? Like, on-off video the past few times, have I? What do you mean? Oh, like, like it going in and out? Yeah. Not really. Only once in a while, but, like, not as much as it used to once be. Did. <laughs> That's so weird. Let's, I'm going to try one more. No. It's, like, not even giving me the option. It's, like, grayed out. Hmm. Who knows? Hopefully uh, that gets fixed at some point, but, yeah. you know, for now, it's it's all right. Yeah. Um, so, what are your top five oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, movies about music of all time? I'm James Crowley. <laughs> I'm Marissa Winkowski. Uh, I don't know. I've been thinking about that all day, and I'm like, what am I going to say? Top five what? Um, oh, like for the intro? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, I want to start with that, because it it uh it comes up a lot in this movie it's a good good framing device yeah. for the movie um i was going to read the book cuz i imagine that there's more in there too but oh you were going to read the the book that this is based on before yeah. this yes but i did dedication um i thought that it would probably be small and i went to a bookstore to see if i could get it at a good price and uh, I couldn't, <laughs> so I was like... Books are expensive sometimes. Yeah, it wasn't, like, super expensive. I was just like, I don't want to spend six bucks. And then I have to <laughs> carry this around with me all day. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. I didn't read the book. Yeah. Uh, but I, I hear good things about the book. I didn't love this. So, <laughs> I, have, I have complicated feelings on this. What are your complicated feelings? There's a part of me... There's a part of me that really didn't like this, this time around. But there's also a part of me that really kind of appreciates it for what it is. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There was a part of me that... I don't know. So this was my second time watching this. And the, the two reasons... I've only ever watched this is because it's referenced in one pop punk song that I like and one pop punk song that I used to like. Which are? Uh, The first one is called, the one that I still like is called My Life as Rob Gordon. So very directly, I'm like, who's Rob Gordon? Very direct. Yeah. Uh, The second one is called Bukowski. It's by a band called Moose Blood. And I think their drummer raped someone, so they're huh. they're not good to listen to anymore. Well, um, but in that song, he has a there's a line where he says, um, uh, "I'll teach you the word. I'll make you watch High Fidelity on a Sunday, maybe one day." Blah 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 chorus um so i was Mm -hmm. like i should see this (laughs) and the first time i watched it i don't think i paid much attention like Mm -hmm. i think i put it on in the background and then this time i i paid attention Mm -hmm. and 
And, like, there's something incredibly unlikable about... I want to say the characters in this movie, but the only character that really gets followed significantly is Rob Gordon, John Cusack. Because uh, I don't... Well, he's he has so much screen time. Yeah. And he's, I think... One of, like, my least favorite humans <laughs> to, like, be a protagonist well, in a while. Well, so here's the thing. He's he's a dick. He's, like, a bad person. Yeah. Like, he's so awful. But also, I kind of get him, which is what leads to my appreciation, where I'm like, I do these sort of things sometimes. Not, <laughs> like... To the extent that he does. And I think when I think about them, I rationalize them and I'm like, I'm being a bad person or like this isn't a thing I should think or believe. But like, I'm like, I kind of get where you're coming from. I see this is a common like when I after I watched this, I was um, as I do a lot. I was scrolling through like letterbox reviews of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought which, you were going to say I called up. <laughs> all of my exes <laughs> and asked what went wrong. Yeah, I, I really decided to, like, rethink my entire life. After. This movie really changed my life. Um, no, I, I went on uh, Letterboxd and I was looking through reviews of it and the most, and if you don't know, Letterboxd is, like, uh, all user-submitted reviews of movies, okay. so they're all just, like, randos. Like, they're not, a lot of, like, good critics are on there, too, um, but anyone can submit a right. Letterboxd review. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of the positive reviews were about like, I am just like Rob Gordon. And that scared me a little bit. Right. And like that's... the amount of people that can relate. I'm like, Oh no. Well, I think that's why this movie is so popular. Yeah. And because, but like, I think it's because there are a lot of like pretentious hipstery, like music dorks that see something of themselves in Rob Gordon, but they don't necessarily understand that, like, it's he doesn't have the best qualities. And I don't know if the movie is trying to show that. I don't think it is. I can't tell if we're supposed to kind of be on board with him for the most Yeah. Like, I mean, I think we're supposed to be at some point. Like, we're supposed to get him at some point, maybe two thirds into the movie. But like, I think for the most part, he's like very irredeemable. Yeah. He, so I get, so I guess the things that like, I, the things that I liked about, I don't, I don't even want to say I liked them, but the things that, let me go to my notes. Um, I think to some extent Rob Gordon knows he's an asshole. The first note I have is Rob Gordon is an asshole. Um, and, yeah, I think they're... But the thing is, like, a big part of his character, which is, like... I'm not saying, like, having an asshole be a protagonist is a bad thing. Like, yeah. I think that's fine. Um, it's just I can't tell if we're supposed to, like, accept that he's an uh, an asshole or that, like we're supposed to be on board with him. Cause I'm like not on board with him ever. In this movie. Yeah. I'm, he's kind of a villain to me. I think, so I think watching it, I was like, he's kind of a dick, but also like, I think this way sometimes. 
Okay. But I think being self-aware is something that he doesn't have, where if I'm like, like... You catch yourself mid-thought, like, that was very Rob Gordon of me. Right, Not, but not that, I'm just like, oh, I'm an asshole. But, like, I'm trying to think. Here's the other, here's the thing I didn't like about the movie, is it's, I feel like it's paced weird. So like, it is paced weird. To some extent, it was, like, hard to focus, and, like, I feel like I spaced out at a, at a lot of moments in this. But, you know what it was? I think, like, the first half of it goes super fast, and, and then, then the last half of it just drags yeah. on. I don't, it, it, was, it was, like, very oddly yeah. done. I think, like... Him being, like, I don't know. There's something I appreciate in the, like, oh, I got in touch with my top five exes and or top five breakups just to see what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had that thought before. Uh, I almost did. <laughs> to meet up with your, your exes and interview them? Yeah. I was going to record it and put it somewhere on the internet, but... Man, that sounds like the last thing I would want to do to myself. But yeah. if you if you can do that, but but do I it. think the point of it is too is also like with the first two, it kind of backfires at him. Where like the one girl, he's like, oh, you know, you're supposed. He's like, he's like, why did things end? And she's like, you broke up with me because I wouldn't have sex with you, and you ruined my life after that. You know what's so fucked about fucked up about that one specifically is that he acknowledges that like he was aware of this when he's telling the right, story yeah. before we I was, meet her again. That is, he admits. Well, he has, and he has no shame. He has the weird line after it, and he's like, "Oh, I dumped her. Why am I upset about this?" And I was like, "But like you knew that. You, Did you, you forget s- that's why?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was all because he just said, and then I never spoke to her again. And uh, I'm like, "Yeah, that kind of makes sense. That's what it seemed like." But he was also like telling the story the first time we hear about her. Um, like, yeah, she was a nice girl. She had a lot of nice qualities, but, like, she wouldn't have sex with me, and that's why I ended it. The way he was telling the story, he was saying it, like, as if he was saying, like, like yeah, of course, Audie. like, I'm in the right. Like, he wasn't saying it with any level of uh, yeah. guilt at all. Like, it yeah. wasn't, it was like, I like, feel like how fucking dare she? <laughs> I feel like. You're supposed to be like, yeah, what a bitch. <laughs> This is going to be one of those bad things where now I'm going to defend his viewpoint on that. But, okay. okay. So so I think with the hindsight, he should have the self-awareness to be like, yeah, I was a piece of shit for dumping her because she wouldn't have sex with me. But also, I think to some extent, that is the way that some guys operate when they're like, what, how old was he supposed to be? Like 15? Yeah, high school, I think. Yeah. No, so. I... I'm not saying guys don't think that way. Okay. I'm saying he's he thinks th- guys think that way, but they're supposed to like pretend they don't, I right? Think, they're supposed yeah. to have some sort of yeah. at least guys teens think that way, but he's looking back on this as an adult. Well, when you're an adult, you should be like, "Oh yeah, that was a stupid thing." Although, so <laughs> I think that I have never had that experience okay. specifically, but I do think to some extent I would dwell on something like that. 
even oh, if I, even if I broke up with this person, right? Because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have sex with me. I think I would like sit and ruminate about how terrible of a decision that was. Because I have friends that have broken up with people cuz they wouldn't have sex with them. Yeah. And like it does eat at you to some extent, I guess, where, like, my friend is, like, you know, she probably would have eventually had sex with me, but, like, I broke up with her because I was impatient, and now, like, I don't get to have sex or, like, do anything. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, you're a piece of shit. I think I would have those weird ruminations that he has where he's kind of blown everything out of proportion. Yeah. I do that with, like, like, random tinder girls who have ghosted <laughs> what did i say why didn't she stop responding exactly <laughs> but yeah so uh, one of my notes i have here is everyone's a dick sometimes yeah but he's a dick yes or so much so much of the time well then he I, cheats on laura right yeah Laura's the one he dates, and Liz is his sister. Not literally his sister. Well, literally his sister, but you know what I mean. Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> so, okay, so this this was another thing I have in my <laughs> notes. Um, the two frat, the... He dates Laura, I think. Yeah. And her best friend is named Liz. Right. And I think that's a terrible choice. <laughs> What? I, th- I think just the fact that both their names start with L oh, makes it oh, easy okay. to get confused. It is con- there are too many characters in this movie. Yeah, and none of them are really fleshed out. And Liz is Joan Cusack, yeah. who is a relation to John Cusack, who is also in this. No, they're, they're brother and sister. They are? Yeah. Oh, There was a moment I deleted. Like in real life? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why did I think they were? They just had the same last name, and it was a coincidence. Oh no, they're in like eight movies together. Is that something someone told me like ten years ago, and I just never questioned it? I knew that. I learned that. I remember the first time I watched Sixteen Candles with my mom because they're both in that, and my mom was like, "Oh yeah, his sister's in this." I'm supposed to know these things. Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) um no yeah this i think this was the last movie they ever made together and i remember because of the liz and laura mix-up i was like oh are they is there a moment that did they date at some point that's kind of weird but yeah yeah they're they're related they didn't date in this movie or in real life as far as i'm concerned i hope not (laughs) But yeah, I I did appreciate I as a whole. I thought this movie was like okay, like yeah, it's eh. it's kind of a it's a little fun. A li- like I think there are parts of it that work really well. Like oh, I I do appreciate that. I think it was smart to have like an egotistical, like narcissistic asshole spend the whole movie talking to the camera i think that was like kind of clever because we could hear his thoughts but like there's a sense of he has no shame in anything he says right like 
and there are scenes of him and i know it's supposed to be like in his head this is he's but not there are literally moments breaking that he's the like fourth wall whispering like, and like yeah scenes where he's like in bed with a girl and talking to the audience like obviously the audience isn't there but you kind of feel like you are and that he if there was somebody he was talking to he wouldn't like it almost say these things it almost shows that he's scared the person is going to hear his thoughts yeah yeah and or like even just things like him when he's talking to the audience and he's sitting on like a crowded bus or something yeah and he's just like yelling and it's it's not that the bus can hear him because these are his thoughts that are like uh, this is a way of us hearing his. it's just like a i think it's a good way to show like how uh wrapped up in himself he is yeah like i thought that was clever i mean there are little things in this that i think were good choices and good things but i hate him so much (laughs) (laughs) he's he doesn't do a lot to be likable and i think the only I I don't I debate if I want to say I like him a little or if I feel sympathy or if I just sympathize with him a little bit because I know to some extent like I kind because I see his angle not necessarily okay. yeah cause not because you support it but but because you get it right and not and. I feel like I'm going to say it a million times. Like, I'm like, I think this way, but I also will be like, this isn't the way I should be thinking. Like, even um, at the end of the movie, when the girl walks in and he, like, immediately, like, falls in love with her. Even though he's, like, dating Laura, he's supposed to be happy with Laura. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, you know, this other girl. And then, like... Laura almost immediately like feels like a chore. Like I've had that with mm-hmm. with various girls I've dated, but I don't immediately be like, "Oh, fuck my girlfriend." <laughs> oh man. Not and with I... my current girlfriend though. Um <laughs> I feel like I should clarify. That. Watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I I know somebody like this who is a lot like this, like, yeah, but, um, without any level of self-awareness. And I think when I, when I was watching this, I kept thinking about this person that I know who talks like this. And I was like, Oh fuck. (laughs) It's, it's so bad. Like this is probably a movie he really likes and probably relates to. I've never asked if he likes this movie. But, or you'll like open the Pandora's box and you'll be like, "Hey, do you do you like High Fidelity?" No, I've never seen it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it, and I, then <laughs> please watch High Fidelity by yourself and then do some like self reflection and then get back to me. And then he's gonna be like, "I fucking understand that guy. <laughs> this is my movie. Oh my god, <laughs> they're so similar. I mean, like uh, Rob Gordon is a lot angrier, but um, yeah. they're so." similar I kind of there were moments that I really kind of appreciated his anger a little bit like at the funeral Mm -hmm. where he's like are you gonna act like I'm not fucking here like because to some extent like it is a little weird that they that that whole funeral thing was weird from the get-go but like I get it where he's like are you gonna talk about me like I'm not here 
Like, can't you just, like, save it? I get it, but I don't know. Like, there are some things you shouldn't say in certain places. Right. I don't know. Um, But what's the other... There's one, there was one other that I was, oh, when uh, Charlie, who, what's her name, plays her. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yep. When he's like, I realized Charlie's awful. I was like, oh, yeah. I've like, I've had that moment with different exes and people I've dated where I've sat there and like the epiphany hits me like oh yeah fuck them I I that was one thing I like couldn't get because the whole time she was on screen I was just like I see nothing wrong with it like look at her she's the best like if you don't like her there's something wrong with you yeah I don't she won't date you she can date me I I think that was the I think that was just the moment I related to the hardest where I was like, where like he was like, oh, I wish I had these people's lives, but I also hate them all. Yeah. Because I see that on Instagram every day. I look at people from my high school and I'm like, you all look like you're having such great lives and I despise you for having a great life. (laughs) Oh, I, I, I've gotten to a point where, like, the only people I follow on Instagram are people I either know in real life, celebrities, or people that are, like, funny because they're ridiculous. Yeah. Like, their lives are so insane that it's, like, fun to keep up with. But I, uh, I don't follow people I'm jealous of. <laughs> see, <laughs> I don't know well. See, but I wouldn't even say, it's not like I follow people that I'm jealous of. I follow, like, because I, I went on a binge... Probably, God, I don't even know how many months ago, but where I just unfollowed not every single person, but anyone that I was like, you're not following me and I don't care about you. Like, and then like, I had really like shallow, like, like guidelines for like how to determine if someone was like a maybe or something. To unfollow? Yeah, because oh. I was I was just going through and I was like, okay, who's, uh, like, it was mostly people I went to, like, high school and elementary and middle school with, and some college, but not really, but I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't talk to you anymore, were you nice to me or were you, like, neutral to me? And then if you were neutral and I kind of, like, don't care, I'd click your profile, and if it was private I would unfollow you <laughs> such a series of steps <laughs> I had an hour to kill on the train yeah, I once think about it that much I had an hour sometimes out- I just follow people because I think they're they're hot <laughs> I do that too but like that's but like th- but those are mostly famous people oh okay that I do that with. I also <laughs> follow some dogs admittedly I I don't know I follow like brands um I don't, I don't even know what i follow i have five instagram accounts so like you have five instagram i have accounts? five instagram accounts it's so many i know so you like i keep up with the the two i have now i i i don't know who i follow on what or <laughs> one of my instagrams is just to like check in on people 
<laughs> who I don't to check in on people who blocked you. <laughs> no, it's to check in on people who I don't want to follow on any of my real Instagram accounts. Oh, okay. If I'm like, oh, I don't like this person. Filter it's, it out. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not giving you my follow, but I'm going to give you the follow of whatever I've decided to uh, be the today. Mm-hmm. And today it's, I change, I change it every now and then. It's like a fun game I play with myself. I think the only, like, I, I follow cabin <laughs> porn, which I highly recommend. It's it, literally just pictures of cabins. <laughs> I follow, one of my friends runs, like, I, I don't even know what to call it, because I can't, it's like a fan account for Autumn. <laughs> like an aesthetic blog? Yeah, but it's like an Instagram um, that sounds, like, pleasant. I'll give her a shout-out, at Pumpkin Spice 94 um, And that's, uh, that, that's kind of my, my, like, pleasure thing. But also, to some extent, now she's going to... I don't think she'll listen to this. Um, but um, she'll, like, post, like, Halloween pictures, like, in July. And I'm like, this is, like, the equivalent to putting out Christmas decorations now. See, um, I have nothing against putting Halloween up in July. That's the only... Either. I'll accept that. I don't know. She I, just July like, sucks. Halloween is better. <laughs> it does, but I don't know. I don't know. It all just feels weird to me. My life is weird. This Time is why, isn't real. This is why I relate to Rob Gordon. Time is a... Co- this, is, this is also, like, if this movie took place... Uh, Oh, it would be so day, much This is worse. such a Rob Gordon conversation. Oh, it would be so... He would be... I think Rob Gordon would be... Actually... Yeah, he would be much more insufferable. Because <laughs> he, he, would, he, he would use the fake Instagram account to look at Laura's uh, new boyfriend, Ian, and... Like, he just would, be like, I'm better than that guy. I feel like he'd be the kind of account that would just post, like, uh, pictures of his vinyl collection, but, like, the same picture over and over again, and, like, mirror selfies. It would That's just it. it would just be, like, the occasional mirror selfie, and, like, it would just be the same shot of his record player with, like, a different album cover. Yeah. And, like, the captions would just be whatever the album is. It wouldn't... Mm-hmm. And then just, like, a thousand hashtags. <laughs> He would do the thing where you hide the hashtags, so it, it right. looks like you didn't put them, but you you are. Yeah, which is what I do. Um, <laughs> but sometimes I do it like a week later, so I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm not I'm not being that person in the present. I'm being that person in the future and past. <laughs> okay, <sighs> I guess I understand. This is why I relate to Rob Gordon because he thinks about these. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i mean the other thing is i was thinking about uh the jack black character he's really fun i he's like, like him a lot here's the thing like he's, he's also, also a douchebag oh yeah like he's kind a of dick but i don't mind it as much well i think because i think part of that has to do with the fact that he's cartoonishly so yeah where and that might just be a product of having Jack Black play him. But, like, when he, like, screams at the guy who's like, what does he want? Uh, um, I just called to say I love you. 
Yeah. And he's like, like he offended me with his bad taste. Yeah. And he's like, does he, do you even know your daughter? Oh wait, is she in a coma? And like, (laughs) it's, it's funny and it's terrible, but like at the same time, it's just very like, it's, it's so exact because like pretentious assholes aren't, you know, that aggressive about it. Although they can be like gatekeeping is a thing, but like his, What's so funny, though, is, like, he's a pretentious asshole, but the first song he insists on playing is... Is what Walking is on Sunshine, which... Which is, like, that's... Isn't that, like, the most basic <laughs> Well, this song? movie came out in 2000... Actually, yeah, 2000. I feel like it probably had to be then, too. Wasn't that song, like, already... Oh, yeah, it was already bubblegum, sugary pop music, but... Because, like, he turns off Bell and Sebastian for Walking on Sunshine, and I thought, like, maybe Bell and, and Sebastian, Sebastian would be what he's into. Incredible, yeah. Bell and Sebastian is, like, what the hipsters love to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, they're an established, respectable indie act. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And well, I think. Who sings Walking on Sunshine? Mm. <laughs> Here's my one theory. Um, uh, Katrina and the Waves, maybe not. Um, I'm gonna do quick research now. The song was what? No, I was just looking at the year. It's it was 1983 when that song came out, and this that it was already like. Very basic, but it wasn't new <laughs> at all. Uh, what I'm trying to find is... No. So I thought that maybe... And I think I had the the one-hit wonders confused. But I'm pretty sure... Uh, I thought uh, that the drummer or something from that band, uh, which apparently is Katrina and the Waves... Yeah. Um, was the drummer for The Runaways. But I think she played in a different band. Um, and from my understanding of Jack Black's character and that moment that uh, Rob Gordon is just like, who are your influences? Nirvana? The Sex Pistols? He's a punk guy. Yeah. Um, which, that's a fun little reveal at the end that he's not. I... I th- I do think that's I think what set the Jack Black character apart that I I didn't hate him. not that I loved him I didn't but um, you, I, he was more likable he was less hateable than <laughs> Rob, Rob Gordon was part of it was Jack Black singing Marvin Gaye was like the most charming thing I've ever yeah. seen like well, I was so endeared by that thing. well I think part of it has to do with the fact is like. When Jack Black, like, combs his hair and, like, makes himself look nice, he looks like he should be singing Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he looks like he could be, like, singing in the in a wedding band. He's so, he's, like, very soulful. Like, yeah. I, he sounds so good. And he's like that when he sings rock music too, but like he's just able to channel it in a different way. And what I like about that moment here is it's really like genuine. It is. And like, I think it's nice. I think he just enjoyed getting a chance to sing it. 
it's it's so cute because like people even though jack black has like established himself as being a good singer like for a long time yeah um like he's a music guy people like don't think of him as that first yeah i think it's because most of the music he sings with some exception is usually kind of cartoony I guess when you're, like, a comedy guy, yeah, it's hard to be established as an... I mean, he's, like, the closest thing to being both equally... Yeah, but, well, because even his band, Tenacious D, yeah. uh, they're, they're still a comedy band. Yeah, and I think, I think comedy bands aren't... Um, I think they're unfairly maligned when we're talking about right. like they they usually music. don't get the same recognition and which just, isn't fair because i think there are a lot of really talented like comedy musicians yeah they put out good stuff yeah it's just because i think uh john darneal from the mountain goats he has this very good uh question because he he's not a com- comedy musician but he's written a lot of like joke songs throughout his career and some of those joke songs have become the most popular some of the most popular amongst fans and people want to hear them and Mm -hmm. he said uh you know the issue with that is you can only stretch a joke so long and I think even though the guys in Tenacious D are incredibly talented musicians it's easy to kind of write them off just because like, you know, the joke already, uh, they put out, I listened to a bit of a live album they made, I think from, I think it was like five years ago or something. It Mm -hmm. was recorded. And at that point they'd been established with tribute and all that stuff. And their last song they play is tribute. And like, people are just genuinely into tribute. Yeah. Like, the joke isn't there, and I think that might be why they don't get the respect. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a lot of moments that Jack Black has given, like, serious, uh, it, that he's done serious singing. I guess not. Um, he, there's uh, this, there's School no. of Rock, he... He gets a little cartoony, but in that last School of Rock song. But it's still, like, even though, I mean, School of Rock is a comedy, and he, like, is his goofiest self in that movie. It's still, he's still, like, good at what he's doing. Yeah. Like, if you remove the comedy, he would still be, like, a good musician. Yeah. And singer. Um, And I think, I could be wrong, but I think this movie was, like, the first time he ever really, like, sang in a movie. Like, for real? Probably, yeah. Probably? They might um, have had the Tenacious D TV show, but I'm not sure. By 2000? Um, it might have been right around this time. Okay. Like, he hadn't, he hadn't really, like, done both, like, comedy and music, like, for real, on, the, in, like, a movie, for a, like, uh, yeah, not in for, a way that, yeah. yeah. He had done the Tenacious D TV show, but, like, this is him just giving real songs. Yeah. 
Well, one and, real song, but and I think I think he did it really well. Yeah, <laughs> like, I I really like that scene a lot. That that scene I think, um, is one of the things in the movie that I really liked that like made me. I don't know. I because overall, <laughs> I thought this movie, movie was a little so, bit. Yeah, it's not that I hated it. Like I think there was just too much in it that I didn't like, and it was hard for me to. Yeah. Uh, to get into it, but I think that scene pushed it a little higher up. Yeah. I th- One extra point out of ten. I think the moments I liked the most, and I think I... Uh, this is going to sound worse after Ravana then. I kind of wish there were more moments that Rob Gordon was just talking straight into the camera. Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because I think in just about every other moment, he's kind of boring or just a dick. I think he's boring and a dick when he talks to the camera. He is. But just but more aggressively and more that might be why I like it more. I don't <laughs> it's know. It's so funny because, like, whenever... Whenever he's talking, it just I it's it sets off my fight or flight response when I like meet people like this and I'm like, how do I get out of this conversation? <laughs> how do I bail? How but, do I where's the escape button? Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, there there are things he says that are like insufferable, but at yeah. the same time I'm like, I kinda like them. My top five breakups of all time are and I'm like, okay, cool. See, he says so much dumb shit, but like I think the first thing he said, uh, comparing his top five breakups to like Desert Island albums, like I think that was kind of that's kind of a nice. It's a good you know, framing. Device. It's a good framing device, and I mean, yeah, he's objectifying women, but like he's not as much as he's obje- he's not objectifying them as much as in this sentence he's objectifying like moments in his life which is yeah. different but he's still he's still a piece of, piece of shit to women uh, I, let's, yeah let's just he's, get that out of the way he like you said he's a narcissist he's yeah. incredibly self-centered mm-hmm. um because even like with everything he really is just kind of looking out for rob gordon Oh my god. But even then it's like it seems like he hates himself so much. Yeah. I don't know. I like He's so mad he's mad at the world. He's mad at uh all the girls who've broken up with him. He's mad at himself. Like He's worried that Jack Black is gonna embarrass him. Which is like, how dare you? That's your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. You've never heard him sing. Yeah. I don't I mean, I've I've yelled at friends of mine before they've come to comedy shows and been like, "Don't fucking embarrass me." <laughs> um, but no, I've done when I did like um, like theater in high school. My friends who weren't in theater would like uh, my worst. There, there was like a show I did where I had to like go into the audience, and it was like my absolute worst nightmare. Where like my non-theater friends were sitting in aisle seats, just like, Ugh. but um, but yeah. But, yeah, no. And I think that... I think that, to some extent, that makes him insufferable. But I think when he's doing it straight to the camera, it's more entertaining. Where, mm-hmm. like, even when he, like, confronts the kids for, like, stealing from the store, he's just, like... I don't know. It, I, I, I guess it makes sense that he would, but at the same time, like... He just seems like he doesn't give a shit about the store anyway. 
It, yeah. Like, he treats the store... He treats the store like it's his one pride and joy, but it's also, like, a cross for him to bear. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's like, his... His whole thing with the store is, like, very depressing. I think that's what this is. It's very... It's a depressing movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though it, like, ends... Kind of happy, happy, I guess. It doesn't end super bleak. Yeah. Um, It's still just like a really dour uh, life of not, it's not a sad movie. It's just a movie about like a guy who hates everything and everyone and himself and is stuck in the same place. And he doesn't really do much else except ruminate on (laughs) I think to some extent this would have had the movie would have had a more satisfying ending if he started dating the journalist girl and it ended. Uh oh just right. to kind of show that he's in a sort of vicious cycle of like unhappiness. I think I would have liked it more if like he he tried to get back with Laura and she was like, actually, actually, no, I deserve better. Um, and then he starts dating the journalist girl and then it just repeats the cycle. I don't know. And he doesn't learn anything. Well, cause that's what he, that's what he seems no, like. He's like never going to learn anything. How old is he supposed to be? Like 35, maybe even 40. Um, maybe young. I don't know. I don't think he's supposed to be, like, I don't think he's supposed to be in his 20s. No. Um, which, in a way, is sadder. Right. <laughs> because, like, because it's clear that he has learned nothing. Right. Because, in, to some extent, I if I meet someone that's, like, 28 and, like, acts like this, I'm like, I don't think like this, and I'm your age. I'm younger than you. Yeah. But... I don't know. I started listening to a podcast uh, that's fictionalized, but I found out about it from listening to a non-fictional interview with the guy that does it. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's, like, 36, and he's, like, talking about his dating. And I'm like, you're never going to be happy. <laughs> um, oh, no. Which, I don't know. But like, I guess that that's life. Not everyone. Not everyone gets. Not everyone gets to be. Regardless happy. of what your status is, when you're 35, I think you should at least learn how to talk to women like they're yeah. people. That's bare minimum. And like maybe <laughs> figure figure out how to maintain. You don't have to date them successfully. You just have to like treat them like people and not like uh, top five albums. <laughs> In. What is it? In my favorite movie of all time that I watch probably twice a year, uh, Fever Pitch. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Almost Famous. No. <laughs> no, I maybe watch Almost Famous once a year, but for the sake of this this episode, sure. it's Fever Pitch. Okay. Uh, there's a moment where Drew Barrymore's friend says to Drew Barrymore about Jimmy Fallon, um, She's like, why have, they're like talking about him. And then she says like, 
maybe he just hasn't met the right person yet. And then this woman goes, well, by now he should be with the wrong person. And I think (laughs) that by this point, Rob Gordon should be in a loving relationship with the wrong person. But like a healthy, a healthy relationship. You can have healthy relationships with the wrong people. Is this like a really pessimistic view? (laughs) Is this why I I relate to Rob Gordon? You, I don't think you can have a healthy relationship if it's the wrong person. <sighs> so why is it wrong? No, just like, I don't know. I feel like... I feel like... Like a safe choice. Right. I feel like there's like the okay. romantic view that like, oh, you're going to eventually meet <laughs> the person. No, like, you're just supposed to be able to pay your rent together (laughs) right and like you know be happy you know you and to keep your parents from bothering you about it yeah but i don't like i don't know does does do i make sense i think so i I think i'm i think i understand i don't agree but i understand i don't know i'm like i don't know actually maybe i'm wrong because I'm not kidding. No, that's a friend. I already ripped on a friend for their autumn Instagram account. I won't tell that friend's story. Um, what? Different person, but oh, okay. I don't know. I feel like I'm just telling things about people's <laughs> personal lives that aren't my own. Just, oh, if we're talking about like my friends having like a mess in relationship lives, we'll be here for hours. Exactly. But <laughs> just like, me roasting them. But, like, I don't know. I think that, like, you can be with someone that you're, satis- that you're satisfied with. That, like, you know, you get that along. A boring and fine. Yeah, you know. Okay. I, I hate couples that are boring and fine, but yeah. Yeah. Well, Rob Gordon. And Rob <laughs> Gordon's Rob never going to have that, which, I don't know. Maybe that's. I don't. I don't feel bad for him. I don't. I think he should be alone. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> but, like, I also think Rob Gordon could, like, live the life as, like, a single man. And is the mo- movie set in Chicago? He, he can go out. It is set in Chicago. He could go out. He could rage. He could, I don't know. He could do whatever. He could organize his record collection. Yeah, it sounds know? like a fun life. He could get a cat. Yeah, he could get a cat, he could get a dog, he could get goldfish. He could do whatever he wants. He could hang out with Jack Black in Jack Black's band. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, Jack is Jack Black is married with three kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get that, out of well, the house. that other guy seems like he's gonna be in like a really good relationship. The bald with, guy. Um, with uh, the Darlene. That was her name. Uh, not the not the Darlene from Roseanne. That was the that's oh, how I know her. Oh, I don't know. Um, but I know her as the Green Day girl. Um, oh, because Green Day is my favorite band. Uh, okay. But yeah, and like he showed her the stiff little fingers, which like great band, love them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There are there are like redeemable people here. I don't know. I think the redeemable people are redeemable because they haven't been on screen long enough. I don't hate Laura. Yeah, I don't hate Laura. Uh, I think that there's not. I don't a whole love lot. her. I kind of feel yeah. bad for her. <laughs> yeah, Joan Cusack. I don't really. 
I don't know. I don't feel I don't feel a lot of things for any of these characters. I think that like I think the the bald guy, I'm on IMDb, I'm pretty sure his name his character's name is Dick. Um, yeah, it is. So um he, he seemed like a nice dude. I think also um, He seemed really boring, but he seemed like a nice enough guy. He seemed yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, I wouldn't hang I would out hang, with him. Of the three of them, <laughs> I would rather hang out with him than the other two. I feel like given the option. I feel like he's the guy in the record store that like the other two guys kind of talk at. Yeah. He doesn't really have he doesn't have that many lines in this, yeah. honestly. But he, he plays the new Bell and Sebastian. I like Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, he plays stiff little fingers. Sure. Um, and he's going to date the Darlene from Roseanne. Darlene from Roseanne. So, I don't know. He's He's got a bright future ahead of him. I don't oh, know why he... He goes to the record store every day because he's boring. Yeah. So, I don't know. That is a very boring life, I think. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they enjoy it. Which is nice, I guess. Good for them. I mean, two of them, and Rob Gordon doesn't seem to enjoy <laughs> That's true. It's his cross to bear. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, a thing I really liked in this was that Drake Bell played young Rob Gordon. That, I um, know, I had to pause the movie because I knew that was Drake Bell, and I had to confirm <laughs> that was Drake Bell. Like, um, pre, pre, um, pre-Drake and Josh. Um, I like to think that maybe Drake from Drake and Josh grew up into Rob Gordon because I think that would fit his character very well. Oh, the character, the actor, because both is very possible. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about him as a person. Um, As a person? See, I don't know him in person, but like, I, he he kind of fell off the wagon in, in like a way that's not, not like in a celebrity way where he like did a lot of drugs and um, like joined a cult or something. Like he's just kind of a, a sad man. Like clearly Josh became the more successful yeah. of the two uh, on the internet, but still. And he didn't invite um, Drake to his wedding. Drake Bell just seems like the kind of guy who, like, stands outside of uh, Nickelodeon cast parties, and he's, like, 20 years older than them, be like, please let me in, you remember, I was on the highest rated show. Yeah, and he's, and he's, he's really a lot of... just, like, harassing Justin Bieber on Twitter, which is really pathetic. Yeah, I also, um, my friend and I were listening to Drake Bell's albums from when he was, like, trying to have a music career, which never really took off. They're not that good, right? They're bad. Like, they're I like... really bad. He has a song called Bitchcraft, and it's terrible. Oh, I'm going to listen to that. Um, it's so bad. I think this the only... Like 2007 Drake Bell. I think the only songs he had that were really worthwhile were uh, the ones that ended up on Nickelodeon shows. And he probably didn't even write those. Yeah. But he, although, I don't know. Although. Um, uh, but he, remember, they were they were hardcore trying to make Drake Bell a thing. Like, I think Nickelodeon put so much uh, faith in Drake Bell to become, like, the, the Justin Timberlake to come out of Nickelodeon that did not happen. Well, because Found a Way is a jam. Eh, yeah, I guess. Uh, it's, it's an amazing song. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, it was weird. 
And like, I like had a moment yesterday where I was listening to a joke song about Nickelodeon. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd been reflecting and like, I realized Nickelodeon shows didn't really make it a lot of sense with like what universe they were supposed to exist in. Cause they all kind of referenced <laughs> they, each other, but like didn't Nickelodeon. Totally I think Nickelodeon kids sitcoms were like a little more surreal and made a little less sense. And Disney channel was a little more boring and, um, but like, and logical, but like, they had, like fill of the future and like, <laughs> Film of the Future, I remember, though, I think there were some things I remember. I didn't watch that show that closely, but there were things that they said where they predicted things about the future, and one of them was that lobsters go extinct, and I thought, like, okay, I could see that happening. That's that's kind of a smart... Lobsters, um, they're... I read a thing about lobsters recently and about how, like, they live... They live for a very long time, and they're really hard to kill. That's very threatening sounding. It it kind of is. They're they're weird. Um, We're a lot of things. The ocean is a really scary place. Uh, it is. There's a lot of terrifying things down there, and I don't think people should. A lot be of fish with there. like light bulbs on their yeah. heads and sharks. Yeah. Just got out of Shark Week, and like oh. I don't know. Everything in there is terrifying, but like they are. I've been watching a lot of video essays about things I don't even care about anymore, <laughs> and like there was one that was about a theory about how iCarly is connected to Drake and Josh, and Carly is just Megan being brainwashed by Crazy Steve. That's a stretch. But, I don't think they were. But there, well, there's a moment. So <laughs> there's like evidence. <laughs> fine, fine. Cite your sources. There's, <laughs> Get me on board. There's a, with there's this a moment theory. where like Drake walks into their apartment and he's like, "Oh, Megan, what's up?" And oh, I've seen that. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that, and then it's also connected to Zoe 101 because in one of the Drake and Josh movies, uh. Josh is like pitching Drake to a manager and he shows him footage of Drake performing and it's what's it called? And it's like the video of Drake Bell in Play, Zoe 101. Yeah, the, yeah. So you know it's correct. I watched this movie not that long ago. <laughs> like maybe a few months ago. That's a classic. Very where they it's stop the class. people from printing the money and Tony Hawk is there. Yeah. <laughs> Where they like they like stop uh counterfeit yeah. people it's a classic. And it's got Hollywood Girl, one of the classic Drake Bell anthems. <laughs> what a what an iconic piece of cinema. But like that didn't make sense to me because like it was such a big deal for them to get Drake Bell to play at the Zoe 101 spring concert and like, so isn't he already famous? Why does he need a big Hollywood hotshot? Um, um, because they take uh, Nickelodeon shows take place in the same universe, but like uh, in different times. <laughs> There's like a black hole. It's <laughs> so it's it's a, a Drake tra- time travels. It's a parallel um, uh, astral plane. Okay. They're, they're they're in the same universe, like presumably like. 
right next to each other, but like one takes some sometimes the past is the future. Okay. <laughs> so just just take what I say as fact. Okay. <laughs> I'm right. I think that when I talked about the men in black, it was much more credible. Um oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, um but yeah, so young Drake Bell was Rob Gordon. Baby Drake Bell, who has no lines in this movie. But uh, he's in. Does he not have a line? No. I, I realize that he plays young Rob Gordon, but it's his friend who says, like, oh, what a, what a bitch, or some, something really? like that. Um, yeah, it's his friend next to him. That's upsetting. I know. I want to hear Drake Bell swear. <laughs> That's, like, my big thing whenever I watch movies with, like, people I like from TV is I just want to hear how it sounds when they say curse words. That's so specific. I've watched so many movies that Josh Radner has made just to hear Ted Mosby say the F word. Does he not in How I Met Her? Oh, I guess not. Well, they can't do it because it's TV. And it's not, like, new TV where, like... Right. Okay. Right. Because yeah. no. Because I mean, it's not because it's TV. It's because it's um. It's like network TV. It's like network multicam. Yeah. Uh, you can't. You can't drop an f bomb in that. Even I, guess not. I watched a How I Met Your Mother with like a commentary once, and I think they bleeped a curse word someone said in the commentary. So. Oh really? Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah. I don't know. I like, I'm always curious what people sound like when they say bad words. <laughs> it's so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know. Um, I mean, it was a little weird seeing baby Drake Bell here be- with that haircut. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, like this, there, there were, it was moments like that that were that I was like, oh okay, I'm invested. Yeah. I'm curious about the book. Um Yeah, I mean I'm not super sold on trying to read the book, although maybe it's better. Yeah. I um, I will at some point and I'll report back. Okay. <laughs> you uh, know how it goes. But yeah, um so this was a weird thing that I think should come up. Uh, their n- music plays a huge role in this movie. Yeah. I don't think... I think the one defining music moment is Jack Black playing Walking on Sunshine. That's the... or And him singing. Um, yeah. But the... But even that is That's isn't, the thing I was thinking of. Like, the... It's not that music is part of this. It's like music discussion. Music loving is part of yeah. it. But they don't like really have any music, but which is disappointing because I feel like they should have. I'm the thing I'm curious about is if it's. I don't know if this was an indie movie. I don't think it was. I think it was DreamWorks made this, or maybe I'm confusing it with something um, else I watched. But I think. Mm, Maybe they didn't have a budget for music, but... I mean, maybe. But, like, even um, 
I mean, we mentioned Walking on Sunshine, but, like, even the other, like, albums they reference, not always, aren't, they're not, like, obscure. Yeah. They're They're not, and I would think these are the kinds of guys who would like obscure shit just for liking obscure shit, but, like. Right. Well, because even when. Jack Black, they, they talk about, like, the Velvet Underground. I'm like, everyone knows that album. Right. Right? Like, it's, it's like, it, it's freshman year of college obscure. Where, yeah. Like, like, well, okay. But not even, not even though, because it's like the type of band, like, I don't know. Not obscure, just not like mainstream yeah. in the sense of the word. But the, I think there's a point where Jack Black is like, oh, like, Bob Dylan, you gotta listen to Blonde on Blonde. Like, of course, yeah. I don't think that makes you like a music connoisseur to be familiar with Bob Dylan. Well, also, uh, R- Rob Gordon kind of calls him out on that at one point, where he's like, "Who are your influences? Nirvana, the Sex Pistols." Yeah. Which I like that moment. Uh, a lot of this movie, especially in the way they like frame top fives lists i really like the top fives lists even like the way they like propose them um because mm-hmm. a friend of mine just told me that she's doing like playlists with her friend where like they'll pick like a theme and like you just go with it and you do 10 songs or whatever so like it, i like that and like i like that sort of thinking about music but <sighs> there's nothing really musical about this movie no and i think if it was that would have made this like a lot less sad yeah and like draining because even the choices of songs are all kind of downbeat it's weird because like this this is a movie that's like about people who care about music and like music is a big part of the narrative kind of but like it's there they don't use music much in this. It's it's sort it's kind of, of shallow in the way they use it, which is uh, lame. I think that that would have been like, I don't know, like have one scene where you like properly utilize a good song to like fit the mood of something. I think they don't really do that much. I think that might play into sort of the hipster dumb of it a little bit because. I could see this appealing to a lot of, like, douchey hipster dudes who relate to Rob Gordon. But also, and this is me to some extent, I love Chuck Klosterman, who, Mm -hmm. very successful writer, who writes about a lot of things, but is known as a music writer. Yeah. Um, He has this quote in his first book, I think, where he says, talking about music was always more interesting than listening to music. Which is sort of a bullshitty approach. And yeah, I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I don't agree with it at all. But I think that's sort of the thing you could tack on to this movie easily. Where it's a movie about talking about music. Yeah, which I... I don't... I think, like, talking about music... Um, I mean, uh, it's like a worthwhile thing to do, but I think you get more out of it listening. Right. Well, you need to listen (laughs) to the music to talk about it. What was that? You need to listen to music to talk about music. Well, of course. But, but, like, just having it be, like, um, like, this movie just felt kind of shallow for that reason. Like, just not really 
using what they seem to care about so much. And even yeah. then, like not use it, it sort of feels like Rob Gordon doesn't even like music sometimes. Yeah. Like it's like just attached to him. Um, like, that, that's a little bit where it seems when he's like, I'm organizing my record collection autobiographically. Oh my God. <laughs> and like that, when he said that, I was just like, Oh, fuck you. But, the, but like, but, it's with, but I, I do get it. But, but at um, the same time, it's like, but it's so douchey. But like, but even like at the beginning, what does he say? Like, um, he has a line. This is like one of the first lines in the movie where he says, first, like, we're concerned about answer. kids, um, being exposed to violence, but uh, we should be concerned about them being exposed this is, to sad this is, pop music. This is on the IMDb page. What came first, the music or the misery? People worry about kids playing with guns or watching violent videos that some sort of culture of violence will take them over. Nobody worries about kids listening to thousands, literally thousands of songs about heartbreak, rejection, pain, misery, and loss. Did I listen to pop music because I was miserable, or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? I think that's, like, a good line. It's a good line. It's very well written. I don't think it rings true. I also... That's, like... It also kind of invalidates, like, him as... That's like, like I don't think he likes music. I that's don't like think he sentimental, likes what he does. That's like sentimental shit I would have ate up when I was like 15. Mm-hmm. Because what I think what I think music does for people is it's just a way not always necessarily um it's just a way that you view yourself to some extent and mm-hmm. you know I just had, I was just recommending this album to my cousin where I said to him, I'm like, I don't think you'll appreciate it because you haven't felt the same things I've felt. So I don't know if you'll get it. What album? Uh, On the Impossible Past by the Menzingers. Okay. Um, And I said to him, I was like, you know, you're, you're 13, you know, and like, I'm sure you'll feel the things in this, but like, I've felt them and I get it. And not exactly that way, but I get it. But like, I used to listen to fucking, I don't even know. Like, I would listen to like miserable, God, I can't think of something off the top of my head. But yeah, like, like, you the, listen to sad shit. I think I like was more affected by like sad breakup songs when I was a child and <laughs> never experienced that than I am now as an adult. Right. Which is a strange thing that happens. But like you listen to it and it like kind of, it kind of preps you for it. I, and I, I, yeah, I don't think that like, I think to some extent you like enjoy it, but like you listen to it and you're like, okay, maybe this song will come back when I need it. I don't know That's, if I had the foresight, but well, um, no, but I, I, yeah. I, I definitely didn't think about that. But like, I don't know. I've like I've had songs that I've listened to that I didn't, not that I didn't like, but like that I didn't feel, and then I revisited, you know, years later, and I felt something because of it. Mm-hmm. And I like to think maybe that it prefaced me. I don't think. I don't think listening to sad songs is going to make you sad. 
Yeah. The same way that I think if you're sad and you put on happy music, it won't necessarily make you happy. <laughs> that's that's why when you're sad, you just put on um, that like live stream on YouTube of just chill beats, <laughs> so you feel nothing. That's I usually that's the answer. I put on death metal, but yeah. <laughs> um. I just yeah when I uh, I can't listen to happy or sad music. I listen to like nothing music, just ambient. <laughs> I, I listen to, like, ambient death metal or, uh, what's it called? What's the other genre I listen to? Oh, no, podcasts. That's what I listen I listen to ambient music and I listen to podcasts. <laughs> I'm like, music. what's the genre of music podcast? By the way, funny thing, um, my, the other day my mom, like, met up with an old friend of hers who has a son my age And she said, she was telling, catching me up on what he's up to. And she was like, he, he sent me a link to like his, his music. And I don't know what kind it is. He's not in a band. It's some kind of computer music. (laughs) (laughs) And I I started laughing and she was like, what? (laughs) I don't know. What did I say wrong? And you're like, mom, it's a computer music, mom. How old are you? I I just got my mom started listening to podcasts like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, because she just asked me, she's like, "Can I listen to podcasts on my phone?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I was like walking her through it because I figured she had something specific in mind, but I'm mm-hmm. gonna guess that she didn't because when I walked her through, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is one I like, WTF with Mark Marin." And um, she was like, oh, okay. And then she came back and she's like, oh, I listened to your Mark Maron podcast. And I was like, oh, uh, who'd you listen to? And she goes, well, I think it was the most recent one with uh, that guy you like with the eighth grade movie and some other writer. And I was like, oh, um, you know, he has other ones. And she's like, yeah, I don't know how to find those. But uh, (laughs) it was interesting. And now she's been talking about what she heard on Mark Maron all day. See, my mom hasn't gotten that. I, I have explained to her more than once. I still don't think she fully gets what a podcast is. <laughs> I don't think my mom does either. But, like, I've... Because, like, also, I tried to explain, like, paid content to her. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, you know, some of his older episodes you can only listen to. They're behind a paywall. And she's like, well, how do I know which ones? And I'm like, oh, no, don't worry. You're not going to... She's like, I don't want to click it accidentally. You're not going like, to accidentally. That, that won't happen. Don't worry. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I also, like, I can't recommend any podcasts to my mom. None of my podcasts <laughs> are ones that she would enjoy or would be, like... <laughs> I, I listen to enough basic ones that I think I could be like, okay, yeah, mom, you'll like this. But I, I can't tell my mom to listen to the Men in Black podcast I've been listening Literally, to. I'm looking at the podcasts I'm subscribed to. There's the D&D podcast. There's one called Good Christian Fun, one called Horny for Horror, I can't, I can't, I cannot recommend any of these to my mom. <laughs> yeah. The four is the number four. Oh, okay. Can't do that. I, I just try, I like tried to get my mom on like the, the normal ones. I can't, I started listening to a Blink-182 podcast. I don't even like Very Blink-182. Specific. Um <laughs> Why? Um, it's just people talking about every Blink-182 song. It's called Blink-155, and it's because <laughs> there are 155 Blink-182 songs. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, But yeah, I think I should hit end on this. Do you have anything else you want to say about Rob Gordon or High Fidelity? I hate him. I think it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Okay. Let's get it on. Let's love sugar. Let's get it on. Sugar. Let's get it on.